Hi, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to Fear Me, a podcast about now the walking dead. I'm Kim. This is Stuart. And Scott. And this is our 10th episode. Yay! All right. We made it. We survived. (laughs) It's a huge milestone, and it just happens to coincide with the premiere of the new season of The Walking Dead. Um, Right. I think we actually are up to five listeners now. Oh, hey, no, how about no. that? No, I'm kidding. We got a bunch of people out there. <laughs> yes. Yay. I'm so Those excited. are those five listeners I had to take the lunch the other day, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, but the funny thing is that even though we're on episode 10, we've already gone through an entire season of one whole show that was only six episodes. So that's crazy. <laughs> we, we outlasted them. We did. It was awesome. Although they, I think we did get news that they are coming back in the spring. Yes. Well, is that correct? Yes. Or, uh, We're going to talk okay. about that later. Okay. Well, I'm fine. It's fine. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, they'll be back. <laughs> Don't need to be spoiling anything. <laughs> um, okay. So last night was the season premiere of season six of The Walking Dead. First time again. So what did you guys think of the overall episode? I thought what I saw of it was great, but unfortunately I had um, a, a bad circumstance where I was still trying to put the children to bed at the first five to ten minutes of the episode, which happened to be the most important and crucial part of the episode. So once I got back downstairs, we're going from black and white to color. There's like all these new characters. I'm constantly asking Kim, what the hell is going on? <laughs> so... um I, I was I was a little miffed because I, I missed the start because it kind of threw me into a whirlwind of confusion. But um, I think the episode was great. And when I got to see the the finally got to see the start of the episode at the end, uh, it, it did it all kind of pulled it back together. Now I just want some time so I can see the whole thing all together. I um I thought it was great. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. I uh, I thought it was um, definitely a great way to start off a new season. Um, I love the uh, non-linear storyline that they were using, um, and I thought the way they used the black and white to differentiate between the two timelines was very important. Um, it kept it from getting confusing, mm-hmm. yeah. and it uh, seemed like it was pretty easy to follow, and I, I know I enjoyed it. There was, you know, there, there's some stuff in there that probably seemed a little silly, but uh, but for the most part, it was, it was a real strong, um, seemed to be engaging episode. Well... I absolutely loved it. It was everything that I hoped it would be, especially when they first open up on that scene of the horde trapped in the quarry. I was like screaming at the TV set. I was so excited. I was like jumping up and down. And then. (laughs) (laughs) Were you literally jumping up and down? Yes. Maybe that's why I was having trouble getting the kids to bed. Maybe. That might be. (laughs) But um, a bunch of my friends went to the premiere in Madison Square Garden on Friday night. And so they had been posting on Facebook ever since then, even that night, about how awesome it was and that it was like jam-packed full of action. And then, of course, they were like um, posting pictures of themselves with the, with the crew and the cast. Some of them even met um, Norman Reedus and Andrew Lincoln on the streets of New York City. And I was like so jealous, but they were all like so good. Nobody spoiled it at all. Nobody leaked any information about it. Um, There were like 8,000 people at Madison Square Garden, and as far as I know, no one leaked anything, and I think they would be in big time trouble with AMC if they did, but but they built it up for me so much that I was like praying that it was going to be a great episode, and it was. It satisfied everything that I wanted, so I loved it. And then, oh, and then the music started, and I was like, ah, it's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) See, that's the part I missed. Uh, oh, she's, a she's obviously a super fan. I'm a super fan. And coming off of Fear the Walking Dead, where we're not really vested in the characters yet or the storyline, and it was kind of a slow season to start out with, and then to go from that straight into The Walking Dead one week after another, it was perfect. I you, am so excited. I cannot wait th- for the rest of this season. Did you think that... Um, Maybe they were overcompensating on zombies to make up for the lack of zombies on Fear Me or Fear no. the Walking yeah. Dead. <laughs> no, no. That was amazing. We do know where they all went, though. Yes. yes. Yeah, they all went to Georgia. Quiet time. Yeah. No, it was it was absolutely fantastic, and it, it was awesome. I just can't say enough. I'm so excited. 
You're just going to keep saying awesome over and over and over I again. I am, I am, I am. <laughs> so what were your favorite parts or anything in particular you guys want to talk about? I enjoyed the whole part where, uh, where oh, that scene where Daryl is leading the pack over the hill mm-hmm. when he's on the motorcycle and all. I thought that was great. And the music that went along with it was very strong. That's now Remember? our picture on Facebook. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> I haven't been to our website in a while. <laughs> Oops. Fearmepodcast.com. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I thought no, that, that was, was that, that was, was an incredible scene. That yeah, was, all, was really but cool. just like how slow he's kind of coming up over the rise of the hill. Yep. And you see all the uh, the zombies following slowly behind. I even liked the way the sound of the zombies started building as they got yeah. to the crest of the hill. Well, mm-hmm. and you could see him like way in the background right. too. I mean, right. it was just but, Yeah, that was one of my favorite parts. I heard that um, in real life, if they were to actually do that, that whole parade of zombies with um, Sasha and Daryl going as slow as they were, they took them like 20 miles out. So I heard that um, from Greg Nicotero that that journey would take five to six hours for them to do that whole thing. Well, that would be tiring. That would be tiring. (laughs) Hope you don't run out of gas. I know. Exactly. I know. Good God. Um, Stuart, what was one of your favorite things? Oh, uh, let's see. That that's well, actually, seeing the, the quarry when they first come up on the quarry, right? And Morgan and Rick are looking over down into it, and it's just thousands of them. And you're seeing like the zombie, like you're seeing how they're sliding down into the bottom, right? And then the other ones are kind of just slowly walking up the uh, the road out of the quarry. Mm-hmm. And, and you're talking about the, the time. Trucks. You're talking about the time when uh, Rick saves Ron. Yes. Well, I'll build on that. Because that was actually one of my favorite scenes, too, of course. I mean, who wasn't liking that scene? But when they first panned in and or panned out and showed that this, the number of zombies that were trapped inside the quarry, again, I wanted to jump up and down because I was like, yay, we have our horde. I was so excited. And then um, to see the, the truck actually fall down into the quarry and uh-huh. to know what could happen you know, the, the walkers are going to start coming out of it. But then, you know, when they, when they first started talking about the plan for what they were going to be doing, I was so confused because of the way they brought us into the scene. Um, I wasn't really sure where they were going with it or what the point of it was. Because I'm thinking, why don't they just kill all these zombies here? Why are they leading them out of the quarry? Like get a few grenades, maybe some, um, I don't know, uh, flamethrowers or something and just start killing these things? <laughs> Okay. Wouldn't that be easier? It's a good question. Maybe they just didn't want to make even more noise. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that Rick, one of the things that Rick was bringing up was that um, more noise was bringing them in. They kept bringing themselves in, you know, Mm -hmm. bringing more zombies in. But I guess if you killed them off real quick, they wouldn't be making any more noise. Right, and then they wouldn't have to put anybody else at risk. That is called a hole folks in the plot line well the other <laughs> side of it is how do they kill that many i mean you got to get down there to do it mm-hmm. i mean they're they're putting themselves at risk i guess just um leading them out just as bad as if they went down in there to get them mm-hmm. um i don't know it's a good question there were two exits right mm-hmm. out of the quarry how did they get them all in one road I just saw some of them going out up top and some of them coming out in the bottom. Because they started shooting their guns after that truck fell down into the quarry. Yeah, but they were still leaving that way. Some of them were, but then they started shooting their guns so that they would attract them to come the other direction. Okay. Because they would think there's fresh bait over there. So Fresh meat. But that walker... The very first walker that they showed that was trying to squeeze yeah. between the two the trucks. walker? Yeah, and then his skin is just peeled off of his face and comes away from his rib cage. Oh, my God. I knew that was your favorite walker. I loved it. That dude was gross. What did they call him on the Talking Dead? I don't know. What did uh, they call that him? That was awesome. The f- fruit roll-up walker? The fruit roll-up walker. The stripper. That's a great name, too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they actually came up with that name for him. No, but they yeah, did. He was, he was pretty good. Was. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. Kim, do you have anything that uh, stood out? Yeah, so one of my other things is the fact that Heath is now in the episode. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Um, so you guys probably don't know anything about Heath, but okay, um, is it this? Uh, you're not going to be spoiling anything here, no, no, are you? No, I'm not going to be spoiling anything. So okay, well, let me ask you: How do you know Heath? Okay, so Heath is an important character in the in the comic book. There you go. But I'm and he's with s- the hair game, right? Yeah, he and Eugene bonded over the hair. Yes, that was a cute line from Eugene. Um, but he is. The fact that he's now in the show means they're going to advance the storyline to include the things that happened in the comic book. And that means to me that this season is going to be extremely exciting and full of action. And I'm not going to say anything else, but just good. He's just important to the survival (laughs) of Alexandria. And I'm very excited to see him. Oh my God, dude, you're killing it. No, all I'm saying is he's awesome. (laughs) Oh, and he looks exactly like the way they drew him in the comic book. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. So that's cool. cool too. Yep. <laughs> and he's really good at saving the town. And that's all I say. He drives the truck out did, with nope, all the people I did in not it. Spoil anything. <laughs> Very <laughs> cool. You know, because as a person just watching the show, I think okay, there's Heath who has a um, a little run in at the start with uh, Eugene. Who's not right. letting him in? Mm-hmm. But Heath is just some regular guy, not anything major. Right. He doesn't stand out as being a major character. He, he's no. a red Yet. guy. He really is. He actually is. Okay. okay. Oh. And I think Eugene's comment was uh, good to see someone like me. I fully respect the hair game. Exactly. That's right. God, I love Eugene. Mm-hmm. Which was so awesome. When he, when Heath <laughs> came was. in the gate and Eugene let him in, remember there was another guy that was with him. Yeah, that's Scott. Do you guys know who he is in real life? Um, no. Scott? <laughs> That's Sonequa Martin-Green's husband in real life. She plays Sasha. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is he is is he a character that's going to be on the show, you think? Or is it just like a one-time yeah. shot? Okay. No, I think he's going to be there for, the, for a while. Cool. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I did have one scene that I thought was, was good, and that was... Um, uh, when Glenn and Heath and uh, Nicholas were trying to deal with the walkers at that uh, John Deere place. Yeah. And um, th- I thought it was hilarious that uh, they opened the door and it turned out to be a closed gate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that was good. <laughs> He's sitting there like trying to pry it open to the crowbar. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like bracing themselves, getting ready for the walkers to pour out. And yeah, it was the roll down door. Yeah. And I <laughs> thought actually- that... Mm-hmm. There was a lot of comedy in this episode. Oh, there I was. Thought, I thought Glenn's line um, when he was talking to Heath and Heath was, said something to the effect, this is supposed to be a dry run. And Glenn was like, and Glenn's line was, I'm supposed to be delivering pizza. So what do you think? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, there were a lot of one-liners. It was good. Yep. I love Glenn. <laughs> But that whole scene with him uh, dealing with Nicholas, like, again, I came into it a little bit later, so that was actually the first scene I saw with the two of them together. Mm-hmm. Uh, going back more towards the start, just they were already, like, at odds with each other. But it was like, how did they get paired up with each other? I mean, was Glenn looking, was he um, watching out for him? Yeah, well, Glenn was, Glenn's got him as, as, as um uh... As his wife states later, she's he's got uh, Nicholas as a redemption project. Yeah, right. He's trying to he's trying to uh, fix him. Be- going into this episode from last season, I was like, I I mean, I had already called this guy out as the bad penny, and I was right. like waiting for him to in this episode turn on Glenn in some way, and then all of a sudden think- I started like thinking maybe he is changing, like maybe he is, but I I don't know. I mean, he was he was. He did so much stuff in those last few episodes. Yeah. Or is he is he the guy that's going to get Glenn killed? He could be. I mean, it's 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 hard to say at this point. I think the guy um I mean, not everybody there can be faking it. Mhm. Yeah. And you know, some of these you know, I'm I'm wondering if Diana's faking it. I'm wondering I know Carol is and and then you know, is Nicholas really faking wanting to be redeemed or is he just lying low until something till he has a chance well to he definitely he definitely looked like he was he was trying to redeem himself right and i think he is and now whether he gets glenn killed just because he's an idiot is another thing 
Right. Yeah, but I was kind of surprised that Rick actually let him go out on that mission. And he said an adamant no to Father Gabriel. But yeah. but with Nicholas, he was like, do you think you can handle it? I'm like, hello, he just tried to kill Glenn. No, he can't handle it. Well, I don't think Rick was, I don't think Rick was totally caught up on all that story. No. And, and, you know, and he questioned him. I mean, it wasn't like he just said, okay, you know, he, he questioned the guy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and it was all kind of a, it, that whole thing has all kind of been between him, between Nicholas and Glenn, right? Except for what he shared with um, what's her name? With Maggie. Maggie. Yeah. Yeah. True. Hmm. So you know, and then she turned around and shared it with um, who she shared with Tara. Yeah. Yeah, right. she was talking to yeah, Tara. And Tara said, it. "I'll follow your yeah. lead." Yeah, yep. and, and and you know, Maggie was saying, you know, Glenn told me I could tell everybody. And she was going to, and then she thought about the fact that Tara was another one that was redeemed from being in the governor's yeah. crew. That that uh, she decided to wait and see. That's a good mm-hmm. point. That is one of the other things that I really liked about this episode was the Alexandrians working with our group, and um, it was really great to see them when they came together to put up the wall along the road, and the Alexandrians were left to fend for themselves when that group of walkers came through and our group just kind of stood back and watched for a little bit to see if they could handle it and they could not so Morgan stepped in and and helped them out and and the rest of the groups ended up helping out and got rid of those walkers but um it's come to the point where the Alexandrians are now like okay these guys actually know what they're talking about and we pretty much don't (laughs) Because we haven't been out in the real world. We've been locked behind these walls this whole time. Um, so it's nice to see them kind of like stepping back and and accepting the help of our group. Well, yeah, they were forced into it in that situation. And that was kind of the first time we saw that Carter guy kind of eat his own words. Because I think he was kind of mm-hmm. at the head of that pack of people. Mm-hmm. And um, Rick's like, no, forget it. You guys take care of it, you know, hold yeah. back. And then Rick Morgan wasn't jumped too in. Thrilled. Yeah, Rick I, yeah, wasn't I too think... thrilled about Morgan jumping in, though. No, he was not. No, uh, Rick was, uh, Rick kind of gave him a, a stare down. Yeah. Well, they, uh, he, Rick was saying sink or swim with these folks. Right. Yeah. And But I thought, you know, Morgan's comeback saying, uh, you said you were going to be careful. He didn't take chances anymore. Well, no, yeah, at that point, he, yeah, at that point, he said, I don't take chances anymore. And then when he finally kills Carter was when he said, I thought you said you didn't take chances anymore, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. No. Uh-uh. No, when those walkers came out of the woods and, and Morgan stepped in. Oh, I think that's yes. when he turned to Rick and he says, he said, you said you didn't take chances anymore. That's right. Hmm. I remember that. Okay. Part. And Rick gave him the stare down. Speaking of Carter, um, I thought, I thought Carter was kind of a regurgitation of the conflict last season and i i find it kind of odd that um, with who well with with the whole deanna and so forth believing rick and all that kind of stuff you know who's in charge type deal mm-hmm. um i i thought the carter character was was okay but he seemed like such a involved character to just be showing up in this episode now mm-hmm I mean, for someone who supposedly helped design and build the wall around there, and to be such a to be such a um, adversary to Rick on his plans, seems kind of like uh, where was this before? I think it's a good point because he. I actually had that feeling too that I was like, did we not see this guy before? And then all of a sudden he showed up, and um, he was so prominent in the episode to be killed off. And right. yeah, I don't. Did we see him at all before? I mean, no. he hadn't been in. No, that was his only episode. Yeah. Seriously, okay. I thought he was in a couple of more, just as background. Nope. They they interviewed him. He was on the Talking Dead afterwards, and that was the only episode they had. But yeah, I think that's exactly why I was asking. That. I was like, I th- this guy's like all of a sudden he's you know he's like secondhand man. Well, <laughs> but he's but it, I mean I don't know if it's because um, her, you know her husband died off or something. That's what I was I gonna know. say. I think it's because Reg died, and he was. Um, Reg's assistant with building the wall around Alexandria. Uh-huh. So he had firsthand knowledge of how to do it and the kinks of it. So I think that when um, when they decided to build the wall around the street, they needed his knowledge in order to do it. 
Without a doubt, but he definitely thought Rick was the psycho. Yes. And pretty much said it when that group meeting they were yeah. having. Um, so You're talking about when uh, Eugene walked in on him? Uh, no. No, no. When they were in the in oh. Deanna's home, I believe, or Rick's home, talking about the plans, and he started questioning it. Remember, it ended with him saying, all right, let's go over the plans again for every single detail. Oh, Start from right. number one. Okay. Um, that's when he was very confrontational with Rick and talking about Rick being a crazy man waving a gun around. Yes, true. Anyway, he just kind of came out of nowhere. I, it's too bad. I like the actor, and I, I think the character could have been interesting. Um, also, the character, you know, that character was was uh, featured pretty heavily in the promos. Mm-hmm. To be gone after the first episode he's on. <laughs> I know. Um, I thought that actor was kind of squirrely looking on the Talking Dead, didn't you? <laughs> Like he just couldn't sit still yeah. on that couch. Oh well, he was a he's he Kim. He's you. He's the male version of what you. What does that he's mean? A super fan. He was he's a super fan. He was excited. <laughs> Didn't you hear him talking about it? He gets together with his friends. Yes. Every Sunday night for a viewing, and so forth. The dude was super excited about it. That actually was kind of cute. <laughs> he was giddy. He was super giddy. <laughs> Craig, Craig, your hair is so wonderful, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> that's greg nicotera folks for people who are wondering yeah, that was awesome <laughs> <laughs> um so you're right i just looked up looked it up on imdb and it says only first time again so that's only episode yep. i could have swore we saw him last yep. week last week last year you saw him on all the promos <laughs> in the last three months kim believes you as much as she believes me as much as Carter believed Rick. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to prove you wrong. But you're right. Yeah. <laughs> Try it. Keep it on. There Keep you go, Scott. Mark one up on the board. Ka-ching. <laughs> hey, so what do you, what do you think? Um, I got one for you. Okay. What do you think Abraham was doing when he retrieved uh, Reg's ring? I didn't see at any point he gave it to Deanna. He just re- he got the the ring back and got bombed. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, what was up there? I don't know. He, I mean, he was married in another life, so maybe he was just thinking back, thinking back about his own life and his his family that that died from Walker's. Um, I really don't know. That was a weird one too. Maybe he just wanted to give her the ring back. Yeah, and I, and I think that's probably it. It was just kind of strange that he didn't really do it. Yeah, well, that we saw. Exactly. Now maybe he will in the next episode or something. I don't know. Right, right, right. Um, but I th- but then he was focusing on it too, and obviously the camera's focusing on it to let you know that it's there. Yeah. Um, but there was yep. a lot of um, mental things going on with Abraham. Yes, there were. Right. Like when he jumps out all of a sudden. Jumps out. And of the oh, car. actually, that was one of my fa- one of my favorite quotes. Said, "I'm just grabbing the bull by the nutsack." <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yep. He. Yep. Uh, yeah, I mean, he was he was testing the limits. I think he's gone a little bit loopy. I think he's, well, I think they talked about this on The Talking Dead, that he's changing places with Sasha because she right. was a little bit out in space last and episode. Sasha has turned around. Yeah, and now she's starting to, to realize that. Life. Yeah, she um, came back together with Father Gabriel and Maggie, and they had that little prayer circle, and everything's like kumbaya again. And then right. all of a sudden... Abraham's going down that dark road. Yep. Yeah, but he's having fun with it. Yep. Well, he's like smiling and laughing and stuff, and I just having a camper. I think he's one step away from Crazy Town. Yeah, he, oh, he is, is totally because well, he's he's always been kind of the rock. Mm-hmm. Well, um, when he started cracking up laughing after yeah. tearing through those zombies, yeah, um, you could tell he was a little bit gone. Remember though, he, this guy's been gone a couple times. Remember when he when they oh, yeah. when he first got on with them he had gone crazy after his family had been killed. Mm-hmm. Oh right. Remember he was uh, raging and and suicidal and all this other stuff. And oh, wait, then... I, th- I think I had a quote from him here. Yeah. Oh. We'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. I can. I'll write it and we'll do it live. <laughs> Fucking thing sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was right from the show, I think. <laughs> um, and, and then you remember when 
when Eugene finally told him the truth, he went to crazy town again. Yeah. He didn't move for hours and just spaced out and stared right. into the so, nothing. So Abraham's got a little psycho in the in the back of the head. Plus, he was a soldier, um, so who knows what he saw as a soldier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or what he did. Right. He might have so, um, seen like the Ohio. Um, so. Yeah. Uh, big question. I know you wanted to answer ask this question, Kim, but I'm going to bring it up now. Um, you were talking about what do we think first time again means, the, the title first time again. Mm-hmm. What do you think that is? What do you think that implies? What is that uh, speaking towards? Well, I, uh, that's a hard one. I think that now that the Alexandrians are working with Rick's crew and they're coming together to save the city or save the community, that it's... It's like a first time for everybody to have a home and to have a relationship with other people and to have a community with other people. Um, I think it's also a first time for the Alexandrians to have safety, like real safety, because they've always turned their back on what's happening in the real world. And um, this is their first opportunity to have someone that's actually going to be there to protect them, not to pretend to protect them, like the people that used to go out for them um and then um they're also just saving their city themselves they're taking it they're taking control of the situation by removing all of those walkers and parading them down the street and getting them out of the way so they're they're just working together that's what i think i think it had more to do with the relationship between morgan and rick because even though they think they know each other through all the things that they've been going through, this is like the first time they've actually been able to deal with each other. Um, you know, starting out, they barely saw each other in the first season, a few episodes. And then when we see Morgan again, he's locked up in this room with writing and crazy shit all over the walls. And now they're finally both kind of on a similar playing field, but in different areas. The different mental states. Right. And they both changed immensely since that first season. Um, and I think that's right. That's where the first time again comes in. They're meeting each other for the first time yet again because they're two different men than they were the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kim, I think you're right. I think part of it is that um, I think part of it also is that we are having to relearn the characters again. Yeah. For us, the viewer. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're we're looking at a whole new Carol. We're looking at at Rick, of course, in his crazy town. Um, all, a lot of these, a lot of the characters have gone through some very recent transitions. So we're kind of this episode seemed like it was kind of uh, pulling people back together to uh, so that we could see the characters as they are with each other. Um, and I think that was a, a huge uh, reason why they did this herding of the zombies. That's a good point, too, um, because Sasha and Abraham um, have totally changed from last episode. Even Carol, you know, she she's confronted by Morgan when he says, are you a were you a cop in a previous life? And she's like, right. no. And he's like, well, I've noticed that you were watching everybody and you always seem to know what's going to be happening and what everybody else is doing. And she's like, no, what are you talking about? But it's like, OK, no, she, she doesn't even deny it. She just kind of looks at him like, thank you. Uh-huh. But she's she's been found out. And so it's like, okay, yeah. now she's getting ready to change because she's got to mm-hmm. now adapt to what Morgan knows. And how is she going to handle Morgan being in a situation with um, with Rick? Because she's always kind of been Rick's right-hand man besides Daryl. And now Morgan's in the picture. So how is she going to fit in now? Yeah, I would say she's definitely more of the right-hand man than Daryl. I mean... <laughs> Even in this episode, um, Daryl, you know, when, when Rick talked about not recruiting anymore and, yep. and Daryl kind of protested a bit, Rick acted in essence like he didn't even hear him. Mm-hmm. He just went on and said, well, that's what we don't need to do anymore. You know, yeah. kind of like, you know, and Daryl, that's when Daryl ended up protesting later on. Right. Um, because he kind of, Rick kind of just blew him off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, which seems a little unreasonable. Yes. But um, that's what it is. The character Morgan is going to be very interesting. Um, the the 
this relationship between him and Rick is going to be uh, really hard to predict. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the simple fact that Rick locked him up to begin with. I know. How strange was, was that? Was a little bit extreme. Um, I guess I guess in Rick's eyes, last time we saw Morgan, Morgan was in Kooky Town. <laughs> so, you know, running around his little town with all his booby traps everywhere. Yep. Um, didn't he stab Rick at the time? Well, I think he tried to, but he didn't actually stab him. No, I think he did. I think he did. I have to go back and look, but I'm pretty sure he stabbed him hmm. um, in the shoulder. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess, you know, for that reason, he's he's nervous about the guy. But, you know, I, I was expecting we might see more um, clashing between them in this first episode. That would be kind of a harbinger of what we'll be looking at throughout the season but it really didn't necessarily turn out that way you know morgan i think morgan was was appalled by what he saw in rick yes and you could see morgan on several occasions giving kind of a uh no gentle dispute with rick over how things are handled even when they knocked even when rick killed carter after carter got bit he was screaming and rick put the knife in the back of his head yeah you could see Looking at Morgan and uh, Michonne, when they looked at Rick, they were like, yeah, that had to be done, but boy, you looked, you did it too easy. Yeah, they they definitely looked uncomfortable about the whole situation. But I think Morgan is kind of a calming factor, an influence on Rick. I think, yeah. you know, after that last episode when he beat up Pete and he and Pete were going at it really bad and he beat him up and then he ended up having to kill him. I think Rick, you know, Rick Rick was covered in blood and he just looked like he was going crazy. Like um he He was crazy. Yeah, like he was going over the edge and then to see Morgan, Morgan's kind of that moral compass for Rick. And he remembers R- Morgan the way he was the very first time that he met him when when he was still with his son, Morgan's son. Um and he was such a calm person and very easygoing and matter of fact. And then the next time he meets him, he's he's gone to crazy town. But I think that Rick still sees him as that calming influence. And to see him there right when he kills Pete, he was like, oh, crap. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. right. You know, I shouldn't have done that. Or he just saw me do that. And that's not good. And um, I think that's why this episode, Rick was so much more calm and more willing to talk to people about differences instead of just reacting first. Right. The simple fact he didn't shoot Carter that time when he yes. discovered them plotting. Um, but I will say this. I, I still think there's a little crazy down in Morgan. Um Mm-hmm. His little conversation with Michonne about the protein bar—that was hilarious. I thought it that was, was pretty funny, but it was weird. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're standing there in that situation, and they're waiting for this horde to come down the road, and he starts talking about something like that, which was totally out of left field. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's still a little bit of some voices in Morgan's head, and uh, Morgan could go either way. I really think Morgan can go either way on this. I know. I really wonder what is it going to take to make Morgan flip again, and uh-huh. and not just go crazy. <laughs> well, if he sees if he sees Rick becoming a, another governor, yeah, that might be a reason to push him mm-hmm. over. Mm-hmm. And Rick is showing a lot of the same attributes that the governor showed. Rick. Well, I thought he was. I thought he was. Rick was showing a little bit of crazy when he had that gun on Carter. Yeah, I mean, he but was, actually that's that was one of the most sane times he had a gun. On in, yeah, in a way, he really held himself back, though. I mean, he had to really force himself back. At least that's what it seemed like, because he pulled he pulled that gun on him, and I was already kind of seeing it mirror when he went crazy on Pete. Mm-hmm. Which, in, right. in all in all, when he went crazy on Pete, he was fighting the guy. He threw him out a window. They're rolling in the street. Yeah, he's flipping nuts. I mean, he's got adrenaline pumping through him at that point like crazy. Right, so. and he had, he had bloodlust in his eyes. He yeah. didn't have it with Carter, but you know what? No, I he didn't. It wasn't to that level at all. And right? I don't necessarily think he... Um, I don't necessarily think he was being pulled back. I mean, because I think it was kind of like, you know, when uh, when uh, Daryl said something to him, you know, said, Rick, you know, Rick kind of looked at him and goes, I'm okay. Well, yeah, that was after he said, do you know who you're dealing with? 
or do you right. know who you're talking to or something like but that? But I think That's... he was a little bit more in control than than uh, than maybe we give him credit for on that one. I don't know. It's hard to say. Um, certainly, a lot of tension going through that. Boy, those uh, the the people listening to Carter's conspiracy. Boy, they weren't. They weren't, uh, didn't take much for them to give him up. <laughs> oh, I know. Tobin, he was like, it's not me. I didn't say anything. <laughs> yeah. It's all him. <laughs> and they and, and they were right because they were protesting the guy when he was going over his plans. So it wasn't like they were agreeing with him. Right. Yeah. And what did, what did Eugene say? Something about Noah? Or am I, did I mishear that? No, 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 no. Tara did. When she woke up, she said something about... Can someone go get, or Eugene's creeping me out. Can someone go get That's what Noah? it was. That's what it was. I had a note about that. That's oh, I didn't was. even okay. catch that. Yeah. You remember when Eugene came in and she had wakened up and he had that grin on his face yeah. and he came and stared at her? Mm. She's yep. sitting in bed. That's what she said. She looked around and she goes, well, can someone get Noah? Oh, that's sad. Um, she didn't even know And that's when Noah. everybody, right, everybody kind of shut down when she said that. Oh, that's a bummer. Well, yeah. <laughs> Poor Tara. <laughs> Um, so did you guys like the black and white versus color sections that they had? I think it it was, you had to have it. Again, I was already confused coming in late on this thing, but if you didn't have that, I think it would have been extremely confusing as to what was going on. Mm -hmm. Without a doubt. I mean, there was so, it was so many times they jumped back in time, um, that you had to differentiate it some, some way. Yeah, I mean, it couldn't be just whether you clouded the image or or went black and white or or put them all in red sweaters. I don't know <laughs> anything to uh, to break up those two timelines. You tied you red balloons something. on them. Exactly. With <laughs> more red balloons. Scott Gimple actually really likes flashbacks. Mm-hmm. And he said um, last season that he wanted to include more flashbacks. And I think he got his wish in this episode because. Um, it was just chock full of them. But I think that if they hadn't done the black and white versus color, it would have been impossible to figure it all out. On the Talking Dead last night, they were talking about how they were thinking about doing super saturated versus unsaturated. And I don't think that would have had the same feel as the black and white did because the black and white, right? you know, is, there's so much more emotion and feeling behind black and white. Um, yeah. So I really liked it too. Something very different for them. Got a little Ansel Adams going on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, okay, big question. The horn at the end of the episode. Who do you think was doing yep. it? Um, I can tell you. Uh, oh, you can, you're going to tell us who it actually was, Scott? I am. I am. No, I'm not going <laughs> to tell you who it actually was, but I can tell you who I think it was. Okay, okay. Um, there we go. I mean, of course, it could be could be Father Gabriel, could be Ron, um, but I think it's Deanna. Wait, who is Ron? That's... Pete and Jesse's son, older son. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you're people, with, off, people yeah. with motive. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. But I think it's Deanna. I think Deanna's not been as on board with this as she's making it sound. You think she's screwing him over? Yeah, I think I, I, I don't. I think Diana may not have a whole lot to live for with Reg being gone. See, my first thought was the wolves, and I know yeah. Scott. I don't. I don't think you're a fan of that one. No, because you were like, no, it's not the wolves. Because they would have to know what's going on. How would they not know what's going on? They're building these walls. They're putting cars in lines along the road. I mean, they would at least be watching to see what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They definitely wouldn't know, you know, that it was going to have to happen at that point because they were just doing a supposed dry run at this mm-hmm. point. Um, but they they had to have been watching them. I think they're watching too, so, but I don't think it was been. them. No, I'm just saying it's not not out of the question. Well... I think yeah, I think Father Gabriel is a is a prime suspect because he got snubbed by uh, Rick. I don't think it's Father Gabriel. I think he's I don't smart either. For the that. only reason is yeah. The only reason I have don't say Father Gabriel is because um, I don't think necessarily he wants to destroy the town either. Mm-mm. No way. No. Because it's offering him um, safety too, and he right. actually has a church again. So whoever's doing it is willing to give up the town. I think that it's Enid. Really? Yeah. Who's Enid? Enid is girl. Carl's girlfriend. <laughs> Carl's girlfriend. You guys are just going to say names. I'm just going to say who is that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and the reason I think that Who's is because um, 
when they were showing previews for the next episode, you see her writing JSS backwards on that window, mm-hmm. which is the title of the next episode. And when mm. Morgan was talking to those two wolves and the one guy said, just stay still, just stay still, JSS. Oh. Maybe she's involved with them because before she became... Before she came to Alexandria, they said that she had been out in the wild for a long time. So maybe she's a lookout for the wolves that's infiltrated the Alexandrian community. And she's telling them everything that's going on. Because she can easily go back and forth out of those walls. And she knows how to handle herself outside. That's a good thought. That's possible. That's possible. I hadn't thought about it. I do know in the previews for the next episode, they show her in a car panicking. Yeah, she doesn't look like she's in good shape in the next episode, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. That's true. But, uh, you know, it's a, it's a good point. It's a good point. I hadn't thought about her being like a spy in the community. Mm-hmm. But that's going to suck for Carl. I know. Poor Carl. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Poor Carl. His Which he didn't do. It was kind of nice having almost episode? a... Yeah, it was kind of nice having almost a Carl-less episode. Are there any other things that you guys thought of for this episode that you wanted to talk about? Yeah, I got one. Who caged the walkers? Oh, well, they made a comment that it was probably a group of people that um, locked themselves in that area and to to block out the walkers, and the block, the walkers came in. But they had, but they closed it behind them. Then the, no, the walkers, the walkers were able the to squeeze through. Able to no, they did. It wasn't as secure as they originally thought it was. So they had closed themselves off in the quarry, and yes. then ended up getting killed. Yes. But how convenient is it that they would just happen to be there at the exact moment that that truck fell into the quarry? Yeah, it's very true. <laughs> this is true. They were very lucky. Rick goes back and Rick goes back and starts telling them about. Uh, oh yeah, there's you know there's a truck that's barely hanging on. Yeah, it's no longer <laughs> hanging on, but they're all in. They're all ready to go. Do it live. <laughs> um, and I had one more quote from Rick that I just wanted to talk about real quick. Okay. Um, and he said, if guys can't learn how to survive on your own, we're going to survive and you're not going to make it. I just really like that quote. And I just thought that we needed to mention it. Oh, he said that several times. I mean, he said that about Carter. Yeah. He said even even when Carter was coming on board, he says, you know, eventually he's not going to make it. Mm-hmm. Rick's, Rick, Rick doesn't have a whole lot of faith in anybody else. No, of course not. He He has faith in himself and Carl and just a few of his crew. And then that's it. Just because he knows them personally. Right. But that's it. And he trained them. And he trained them. Yep. Yep. And he respects the hair game. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Okay, so I have a question. Okay. Um, What is up with the balloons? Oh, yeah. They were the markers. I know they were the markers, but the last episode of last season had balloons in it. And now we've got Mm -hmm. the balloons in this episode. My question is, why are are they they, getting the healing? Why are they really, well, why are they really needed? Well, evidently, they got a lot of balloons. Yeah. Well. But I mean, they're. Uh, what's the, why? Why do they really need them? They. I mean, they made kind of a big point out of these balloons being there. You know, it's we're at red, we're at orange, which I thought they were yellow balloons, and uh, they never made it to green, so we didn't see the green balloons. But it was just it was weird to me that why do they even have to tie balloons? There's only three places they're going. But it's all. Is it that hard it to remember? Stages. I think it was stages to give them an idea how far along on the route they were. Yeah, but it also attracts the walkers. So if the walkers see something moving, they're going to walk towards it. So it's just an added thing to help. Because they could have just spray painted those things on the wall, right? But... Yeah, but it just seems like a lot of effort to go blow up balloons when I'm sure helium is not like the easiest thing to come by. They probably did a midnight run to Walmart or the, or the big spot. they evidently got a lot of helium. They, yeah, they evidently... I mean, the kids had balloons. Yeah. So... Mm-hmm. Or a kid had a balloon. Yeah, the red it wasn't balloon like that there was like flew away. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just it was just weird to me. Um, but on that same note, when they are staying behind the wall and they're shooting all the flares in the middle of the day, wouldn't the noise be more of an attractor than the flares? Uh, when they're shooting probably, them up in the yeah. air. Yeah. So they're trying to get them to go towards the flares, and they have like three of them shooting flares off. Simultaneously behind so this wall. you're saying the sound would attract them to the flare guns, not necessarily to the flares. Yeah, I would think they would, in the middle of the day especially, I think they would be going after the sound more than they would be the flares way up in the air. Well, I think it it also depends on how loud um, Daryl's motorcycle was. 
well he was car, yeah but he was just know, kind of doing there. yeah he was easy rider <laughs> yeah but, i mean they're they're there to to uh lead the charge though to lead the mm-hmm. parade and it was due to the noise of the motorcycle but he so wasn't forth. making much noise no he wasn't but i think they probably did that because it would have been annoying on the show have such a loud thing but that's you know that motorcycle's not a quiet yeah beast. but the walkers at the back of the line aren't going to be able to hear the motorcycle so they have to shoot those flares off so that the group in the back can hear it and can see it and continue okay. to go straight instead of veer off into the woods that's what they're trying to do yeah, oh yeah, no doubt. Because then you saw when they were <clears throat> flying over the Walker Parade that the back half, when the belt, when the horn went off, the back half peeled off into the woods. The front half didn't mm-hmm. because they were still focused on the motorcycle and on the car because they can hear that. Right. So. Yep. Walkers yep. are stupid. I just think they had all these different devices as a safety. All right, are you guys ready to take a break? Welcome back, everyone. Now we're going to turn to listener feedback. Brian Ross wrote in and said, I think it's been said before, but this episode further bolstered my belief in some way that our friend Glenn is going to pay dearly for not taking out Nicholas when he could have. Dude is bad news. And I still don't think he can trust him, even if he was helpful during Operation Walkabout. Does anyone else think that maybe Gabriel has something to do with the horn? See, I'm not the only one. Uh, I'm still gonna go, I'm still relying on Deanna. <laughs> but Gabriel is the dude screws up everything. But he's too obvious for that. I know he is too obvious. But he did. I mean, he was pissed. I mean, freaking Rick. He said he offered help, and Rick was like, "No, anyone else?" Yeah, but I don't yeah. think that would cause him to give up the whole town. No, I don't either. But that's extreme. For even for Gabriel, it is. I mean, it's it's kind of a stupid move, but um, he did kill his entire congregation. However, he he yeah, he he is not known for making sensible decisions. Let me put it that way. However, um, with the whole Glenn and Nicholas thing, I'm not so sure. I think I think Brian might be right in that this could bite Glenn in the butt someday. Mm -hmm. Because I don't think Nicholas has kind of. I don't think he's quite gotten over everything that happened. I don't think Glenn's gotten over everything that happened. And Nicholas is still a short fuse that's ready to go. He still has that gun, doesn't he? Yeah, or, I think yeah. so. Yeah, I mean, I think I think he he's he can make uh, Glenn very comfortable. Um, and then that would be the end of Glenn. Yeah. Yep. I think it's very possible. I still think, though, he is trying to redeem himself, but uh, and like you said, maybe maybe it isn't him that that uh, you know he's going after Glenn, but maybe he gets Glenn killed because of his stupidity. Um, stupidity, kind of like Carter just um, did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You could get into so, one of those situations where it just kind of makes everybody else uh, vulnerable. Well, thanks for those thoughts, Brian. Um, we also had our friend uh, Evan Brockman write in. Didn't we just see someone leading a group of walkers? Maybe I missed some key components, but zombies on parade seemed like a little bit of a half-baked plan. Granted, its execution was forced early and something had to go awry, but an hour and a half of a season premiere setup episode seemed like it was a long road trip. (laughs) Driving real slow in a stinky car without snacks or tunes. (laughs) You know... With Abraham? Yes. Uh, Evan's not the first person who has said that this episode was slow because of the zombie parade. But he is the our favorite person who said it. (laughs) Yes, Yes. he is. We love you, Evan. Um, But I I just don't see it. I don't know why people think this was a slow episode. I think there were exciting moves at every turn there. and it's not like we were just focusing on watching the walkers walk down the street. Like, there was a lot going on. And we had the flashbacks versus uh, present daytime that explained all the story that was happening. So, I don't see it. I don't see it either, but but you never know. I mean, people watch the show for different yeah. reasons. Well, and I think we liked seeing that. I think a lot of people just liked seeing that. 
Um, you know, I could probably watch just the zombies walking around the entire time and been fine. Trust me, uh, after Fear the Walking Dead, seeing that many zombies that long on the screen, I was like, hell yeah, I can do that. Exactly. It was like, oh my God, finally. Yeah. We're seeing some, <laughs> something that we, oh yeah, we sat down to watch. Yeah. Hey, you know, everybody's got their own opinion on it. Yes. That's what makes it fun. Thanks, Evan. So thanks everybody for writing in tonight. Um, and now we're going to go to news. The first thing I have for you is that finally AMC premiered the webisode Flight 462 during last night's episode. We saw it last week on the web, and last night it's finally on TV. Um, they broke it up into two smaller segments that aired during commercial breaks. And I feel like now that it's been viewed by everyone, I hope, um, we can actually talk about it. So, I just wanted to say... Again, that I really liked it, even after viewing it the second time. I do not like the fact that they split it up the way they did, because it kind of hurts the storyline. Um, I think they should have kept it in the one-minute span. But that one girl that slaps down the 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 shade... The window shade. Yeah, I'm like, what's up, bitch? Like, what's wrong with you? Like, she's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> You're kind of angry about this, She's, aren't you? Well, that's what I said from the first one. I was like, well, where did that come from? <laughs> I would have slapped her back if it was me sitting in that chair. But um, so he hears. I think everybody on that plane is a little tense. I know, I know. He hears his mom. I mean, he's he's talking to his mom on the phone, and then in the background, he hears chaos and people shouting and stuff. And she's like, "Oh, it's okay, everything's fine." But you can tell there's Somebody's tension in just her voice. Upset. Yep. And, um, yeah, she's probably not meeting you tomorrow at the airport, so sorry. She can still drive. She's not a good actress either, even voice actress. (laughs) That's so sad. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that's critical. That is, oh my God. It was bad. It was, oh, um, yeah, there's, somebody's really upset. They got a boot on their car or something, and. (laughs) <laughs> no, she was trying to hide it. I'm yeah. still looking forward to the next episode. I was really thinking they were going to be premiering the second part of it last night, but they didn't do it. I didn't see it anywhere, so I guess they're going to wait till next Sunday for that. Did you look for it online? I didn't even look. I did, yeah. I mean, nothing? Mm. No, so when, it's not on the AMC when side When is it all. supposed to come out? I thought it was every Sunday. That's what I thought, but maybe they're... Maybe they premiered it last Sunday to just whet our appetite since it was the season finale of Fear. Okay. And Kenton, mm-hmm. did, again, that guy's voice did not match up with that guy, did it? The guy who turns around with his phone and he's like, are oh, we oh, even oh. taking off? Yes. Yeah. You're what right. It's kind of weird. It's, his voice didn't like come from him. It didn't seem like no, it No, it was a voiceover. Yeah, it was total voiceover. Okay. That's what I yeah. thought. Well, yeah. That's just cheap production. Yes. But... Still, nonetheless, I'm looking forward to the next installment, so hopefully next Sunday we'll see that one. So the rumor is is that someone on that plane is going to end up with our crew. With Isn't fear. Right? Yeah, with, with fear. With fear, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, any speculation early on who that might be? Oh, good question. God, I hope it's not the bitch. I think it is. I think it's Green Coat Girl. Oh, but God. We don't know that yet. Yeah, they're already kind of pointing her out. Mm, it better not be the kid. He's stupid, and he's a wimp, so he doesn't deserve to live. Um, so anyways, be on the lookout for that next Sunday um, for the next installment. The next thing um, also has to do with Fear the Walking Dead, and that's that Chris Hardwick let it slip last night on The Talking Dead that Fear will be back in the spring. So now we know that we are going to have zombies year-round. Woohoo! So here's what yep. I'm thinking. Sounds good. <laughs> The, but it also sounds like his his show's going to be on, too. Yeah, that was my next item, that The Talking Dead oh, was announced for um, Fear of the Walking Dead, too. So now it sounds like... So um, The Walking Dead ends, I think, in April. I'm assuming Fear's going to start in May and go until, I don't know, what? September? August? Yeah, yeah. Maybe September. Um, and then we'll have The Walking Dead in October again. So it'll be it'll be literally year round, and yes, it's going to interfere with Game of Thrones. What are we going to do with that? Well, you got to make some choices there, Kim. Ugh. I'm gonna I'm gonna go on record and say I I don't really care about the Game of Thrones. So oh my god, uh, it's not going to interfere with anything for me, Scott. I, th- I think you'd like sacrilege. It, Scott. 
Actually, Sunday Night Baseball might be affected. That would bother me more than Game of Thrones. Um, well, we'll have to make a decision. But, yeah, so we will have Chris Hardwick also after A Fear of the Walking Dead, which that should be interesting, too. Um, hopefully they'll provide more insight into each of the episodes because I actually look forward to The Talking Dead after The Walking Dead because, one, he's hilarious, and two, he offers a lot of insight, and I like the behind-the-scenes stuff that they do on that show that explains more about the episodes that we're watching. So I'm kind of excited for it. I think it might actually lend to fear. So, Yeah, it yeah, should. It'll be good. We're, we're looking for anything to lend to fear right now. We are. Yeah, I think, I, I think <laughs> having that on there will cause some people who enjoy Talking Dead to watch fear. Me too. Yeah, I think so. So that they can be involved with the conversation later on. Yep. Yes. The only question I have is how in-depth we watch it. What do you mean? Well, just because of our own conversations that we have. Like, for me, listening mm-hmm. to them talk and bring out all these other um, points, uh, I don't know. I kind of like how we've been doing it, where we just don't talk to each other, really. I think we bring some better points out than they do. <laughs> I, we do, I think. I think not, not being... Um, being a little innocent coming into the conversation after just watching it. Yeah. Um, it, it makes for a little bit better conversation, but we'll see. We'll see how we do it. I think we, well, you know, I mean, we face it, you know, when they have, when they have their, uh, people like Scott Gimple on there, they don't really tell you anything. No, they don't. Unless no, they don't. you are the showrunner for fear of the walking dead. And then you tell yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That mm-hmm. guy was like, Oh yeah. Next season. Oh my um, God. Could he have not told us They're going to be surfing. More? Yeah, right. The sharks are going to be zombies. What's his name? Erickson? Shark zombies. <laughs> Ugh. That really upset me. Yeah, that, he was, he was trap, giving a little dude. bit too too much information on that one. Yeah. But. He probably was told to so that he could get some viewers. <laughs> uh, That's a good point. Either that or he got a slap on the wrist afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, so this next news item might be a bit spoilery. And this has to do with Uh-oh. The Walking Dead. So if you don't want to so listen, that mean people... skip ahead. Okay, wah, don't listen. Wah, wah, wah. All, right. all right. So in a recent interview with Greg Nicotero, first of all, he revealed that he's going to be a walker in episode three of this season. Okay. Really? Yep. And that he's in several back-to-back shots, so we're going to have to look hard to figure out who he is because it probably won't be easy. He's been the walker several times in The Walking Dead. So we're not going to see his hair? No, his long, luxurious <laughs> hair. His, his mane. <laughs> Okie doke. Um, he also said, this is not the last time we're going to see this particular herd of zombies. Mm, yeah. We're going to see them several times throughout this season. Well, we're going to see them next episode. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but even more than that. Yeah. yeah. Um interviewer also asked him about the horn at the end of the episode and whether it was someone sounding an alarm at Alexandria because there's an emergency back there. Oh, wait. Uh, is this the spoiler part? Well, the whole thing's kind of been a spoiler. Well, yeah. I mean, him being in there is not very much a spoiler, but I don't want to know where the horn's coming from if you're going to tell us. I'm not. Okay. Okay. All right. So anyways, the interview asked if it was an emergency back at Alexandria or whether it was someone who had been watching Rick and was trying to sabotage their ep- efforts. And Nicotero said, neither is true. Hmm. Hmm. What does that mean? Hmm. Make you go, hmm. Maybe he's just lying. He could be. <laughs> Maybe he's just trying to throw everybody. That long hair might be throwing him off. <laughs> yep, that's true. Maybe he doesn't know. He's been smelling too much of the zombie paint. I think he knows. I think he knows. (laughs) Well, he directed the episode, right? Yes, he directed this episode. This past one, but not the next one, The premiere, not the next one. Yeah. Well, it could have just been like a guy with a horn that got into the shot, and they were like, oh, we'll leave it in there. I'll make you throw him. Oh, yeah, that's likely. Huh. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's a sound from all the highway. Like that horn. That's perfect. We're using it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you got that right you got that yeah, on the exactly. tape right? you got that like five minutes of horn yep <laughs> that's perfect all right so do you remember when maggie and glenn were sitting on the couch together when everybody was having that meeting inside somebody's house yes and glenn told maggie to stay behind right. when they're yes. doing the whole zombie thing 
Um, he's hinting that there might be a secret reason why Glenn wanted Maggie to stay behind. Mm. Wink, wink. I thought it was. I thought it was to keep the uh, what is it, Deanna. Deanna. I thought it was. To, yeah, to keep yeah, her in line keep, and to keep an eye on her. Are you? What are you trying to uh, insinuate? Because he insinuated that's what it was. Yeah, he did. What are you trying to I'm say, trying Cam? Trying to say that I think Maggie might have a bun in the oven. Uh, oh, she was baking something. I think so, pie. I like pie. <laughs> I'm thinking bread. Fresh bread would probably be good in the apocalypse. I remember. Be. So a bun. I remember last season. <laughs> people were speculating, or some stalkers had seen that there was a um, um, an ultrasound machine that had been brought on set. And people were wondering if it was because of Maggie. So maybe that's actually hmm. happening this season. All right, that so Glenn's be, dead. That might be people that are watching too hard. Well, that's why they're called stalkers. Okay. <laughs> yes. But seriously, then I mean, uh, what a tearjerker! Mm-hmm. Like he has a he has a kid, and then all of a sudden he gets killed off by Nicholas. Mm-hmm. Well, we haven't seen that yet, so. No, I know, I know. I mean, we're You're talking. running amok with the speculation, I know, Stuart. I'm sorry, but that's what we do, isn't it? It is. We don't know anything. But I think, yeah, I think what true. Stuart has to say might be real. I think that's the way they could go, easily. Well, but that, they would, I mean, that would be pretty drawn out, so that would probably be more towards the end of the season. Yeah. So, yeah, there, I think there's going to be more... Uh, I want to see what happens first. I want to see some more. I know, we're only seen, we've only on. seen the first episode, but... Right. I'm telling you, they've. I mean, they built something up at the end of the last episode that I don't think they're just going to um, brush aside with this whole Nicholas Glenn thing. I agree. I think Glenn's going to lose so, it this year. His yeah. life, that is. Or well, lose it. He's going to finally kill someone, and then it's going to be life-changing for him. Yeah. Well, our buddy Brian obviously believes that. I know. Yes. I know. So the last little bit is that, just a reminder, three weeks from now, Halloween weekend... Walker Stalker Con in Atlanta. It's going to be Friday, Saturday, yeah. and Sunday. They're already announcing guests that are going to be there, and that includes Lincoln Castaneas from Fear of the Walking Dead, who played Tobias. And all of the cast members from The Walking Dead are going to be there, um, or most of them, most of the big characters. And um, they're also going to have um, Ian Summerholder from The Vampire Diaries and... Robert Anglin. Robert Anglin. Oh, my God. I want to see him so bad. I want to get my picture taken with him. That's Freddie, for those of you who don't know. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are going to be there. So if you can make it to Atlanta for Halloween weekend, please try to come. We will all be there. You and... cannot stay with us. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> we don't have any more room. We actually have a full house of Walker Star people. This well, How weekend. many people are staying with us? We have like three other people staying with us. Including the kid who who cosplays Carl in the parody videos. Yeah, and Scott's not staying with us. Nope. No, I'm not, but, but you're I'm going to be there. You're going to be here. Awesome. Yep. Um, and they're going to have the Walking Dead experience this year, which is an amazing um, thing that they've just started. They bought all these tractor trailers, and they have people made up as zombies, and you get to walk through kind of like a haunted house and try to get away from the zombies. Um, that should be pretty cool. I've never done that before. And then, of course, tons of exhibitors and vendors, and um, Daryl's RV is going to be there again like it was last year. So many things to do at Walker Stalker Con. So if you can make it, please do. I think they're expecting well over 10,000 people this time, and it's going to be at the Georgia World Congress Center. Cool. Which is also a new place. Did you just say uh, Daryl's RV? Dales, Dales. Oh, I'm sorry. That's my Georgia said... coming out. It's Dales. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I heard Daryl. Well, we'll and we'll sure be posting <laughs> pictures from the uh, from the convention too yes. on our website. Yes, and, for sure. Uh, and I'm sure we will uh, have a show where we relay our experiences at the convention. Oh, you better believe it. And I'll be volunteering all three days, so I'm going to see a lot. And I'm not going to be volunteering. I'm just going to be having fun. <laughs> I don't know which yeah, one's I'm gonna, better. <laughs> I'm gonna try and get there as well. Um, I gotta try and figure out what we're doing with the kids, though. You'll be there. Don't worry. All right. All right. Well, It'll maybe be we worked out. Maybe we could like fashion the kids into like a six foot or nine foot tall zombie. Hey. Well, you know that brings up another thing. They are gonna have trick or treating for kids. 
And from what I've heard, um, some of the celebrities are going to be participating in it. So if you're nervous. First 500 kids. Yeah. If you're nervous about missing out on trick-or-treating, then just trick-or-treat there. If your kids can stomach the gore and everything else that's there. Probably not for little kids. But anyways, be there. (laughs) And that's it for the news. Okay, so next week on The Walking Dead, we're Season 6, Episode 2, J.S.S. appears that things are starting to normalize in the settlement. A new problem arises for Alexandrians. It's directed by Jennifer Chambers Lynch, uh, David Lynch's daughter, uh, who also directed previous episodes of The Walking Dead, Warehouse 13, which was actually pretty good, Teen Wolf, and Finding Carter. Teen Wolf was filmed in Atlanta, too. Was it really? Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the lady who played um, Tyrese's girlfriend, she's one of the main characters on Teen Wolf. Hmm. I don't think I've seen Teen Wolf. I haven't either. Okay. I heard it's good, but she'll be at Walker Stalker Con, too. Yes, she will. All right, everyone. That is it for our 10th episode of Fear Me. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for joining us. You can find us on Twitter, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and, of course, iTunes. And please, please, please subscribe to our podcast so that you don't miss another episode. And you can also find us on Facebook and on the web at www.fearmepodcast.com. If you want to get in touch with us or send us your thoughts on the episodes, you can email us at fearmepodcast at gmail.com. And please be sure to rate us on iTunes or wherever you download our podcast because every review helps us bump up in the rankings and helps other people find us better. So we'll be back next week to recap episode two of season six of The Walking Dead. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye. Night. Thanks a lot.